Jorge Prado, special podcast this time. Instead of a race, we're sat at ICMO in Italy, so we've got a bit more time to kind of go everything instead of rushing it. Obviously, I guess first off, I haven't spoken to you since you won the title, actually, so it's been a month and a half now. I guess it's all started to set in a little bit, but just talk about how crazy it's been since then. I imagine you've been pulled all over the show. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long time we don't talk. <laughs> it was, normally, it was kind of like every weekend, but now it's uh, already one month and a half, so... Yeah, it was um, after Imola, we, we had so many, you know, I had to go back to Spain and um, uh, nations, after nations, go back to uh, Belgium, get one week off, get surgery over there and, and uh, you know, go back to Spain just to film, uh, visit my family, friends and, and, and then I also did some um, driving license, uh, you know, practice, uh, driving, uh, yeah. I did the theory test and everything because, you know, soon I'm 18, so I need to get my driving license. So when I'm 18, I go back to Spain and get them. So, yeah, um, did a couple of stuff in Spain, but always very busy with interviews and, and, uh, and you know, radio, radio program and also some TV program. So uh, it's been, um, you know, two weeks off, off without training, but not really like holidays you know I didn't really have time to just relax and breathe a little bit but uh, yeah it was two weeks no training so yeah very very, I mean you know I I was busy but it's also good for myself and and the motocross in Spain so you mentioned there that you had an operation I'm guessing that was your elbow from the beginning of the season yeah last year uh, before the season I got injured broke my elbow and they put the screen, I think, in Argentina. Uh, well, I crashed, and I think there I, uh, you know, the screw mo- uh, got a bit loose. So I was always having many problems with the screw. Um, uh, yeah, well, irritation. So it, I couldn't do some movements, uh, and uh, I decided to, you know, take it out right now because it was the right time and get, you know, fully fixed for next season. Uh, I was struggling this season a little bit with the elbow, so I didn't want to struggle one year more like that. And and uh, yeah, I took it out two weeks ago more or less, and, and now it's feeling very good. Um, I start training, and you know it's uh, feeling way better than it did before. So I'm very happy with how the operation went and how it's the elbow feeling right now. Going back to the beginning of the season, we talked about your elbow a lot, and I still can't believe that you were injured in what December, January, and then a bit of February. Yeah. Yeah, um, I got the crash was like the 25th of December. I got surgery 27th, and um, it was two months out. So two weeks before the first uh, race in Argentina, I started riding the bike and, and went straight racing. <laughs> right. So this is what I don't understand. So you started riding again two weeks before Argentina, and then that was a bit rough. And then by Volkenswagen, you were fast enough to win. How like how is that possible? You were injured for like three months, and then straight away you can win. Like how? Two months, two months. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm a rider that really every time that I get injured, I really never lose. I never, you know, I start from the same point I left. Probably physically for sure I, I lost a little bit. But, uh, you know, the speed-wise is still pretty much the same. Then, um, yeah, well, in Argentina, I was first in the time practice still till the end then Paul's make a fast lap at the end and then I got second but I was already good in Argentina and the, then okay bad luck with the crashes or maybe it's not bad luck just m- mistakes Calvin. I did so yeah Calvin as well did a very good job over there you know 
you know, if you know, it's, if you start thinking like that race, I, I thought many times during the season that crash I made on the first model. Or wait, I didn't make the crash. The guy hit me, and we crashed. But if um, you know, I lost many points in that model. That could have been a race where I would have been all year thinking like, yeah, because of that crash, I could have lost the championship. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I was lucky enough that I, I could, you know, make a really good season, very consistent, and and that mistake didn't affect too much to my, let's say, overall points. Do you think that maybe then, in like a crazy way, the in, the elbow injury saved you from getting tired and burnt out towards the end of the season? Because obviously, you came into the first round really fresh, and like you say, that doesn't affect you too much. So maybe it actually helped. Yeah, honestly, yes. Um, you know, when I when I crashed in December, I was feeling already pretty fit. Uh, I did a very good job um, last last year with my preparation, and then then I got injured, and then okay, I had to start again. But um, yeah, probably yes. You know, many riders are riding a lot in January, February. Well, everybody's riding a lot because normally that's uh, you know the period where you need you need to really concentrate and ride a lot to get confident and test all those things that uh, you know make you go better on the bike and everything. But uh, in, in that time. I was not riding, I was not doing, well, I was training, but I was not riding, and and then, uh, you know, all year long, it was more like, I uh, always wanted to come and go riding, because I was very motivated to go riding, to improve, and because I, I felt that I could always improve, you know, day by day, so I wasn't really, yeah, uh, tired of riding, where I think other riders maybe, you know, got a bit uh, of so much riding all season, you know, got a bit down, I don't know, but yeah, probably helped me also. And going back to the beginning of the season again, obviously you switched over to the Dakali side, and we touched on it a little bit at the races, but obviously there wasn't as much time there. Just talk about now that you've done a season with the team, the benefits that you think came with that. Obviously it helped a lot in the winter, but then you continued to see that that was the right thing to do all the way to Imola. Yeah, the change to the Dakali side was... um, was very good, very important for myself as well. And I felt, well, I felt and I feel like I mean, I'm in the right spot right now. Uh, they they help me so much with everything. Just on, uh, like um, at the track and when we get off the track as well. And uh, you know, Claudio was was a guy that helped me a lot this season uh, with the bike, with the training program, with so many things, and made everything a bit more easy. You know. Um, the title, you know, getting a title, it's never, never easy, especially when you need to beat, let's say, the um, the champ of the year before. So, so it was a, a great change moving to Italy. Good training program, good people, really good people around me, and everybody wants the best for you. So that made uh, a big difference. Obviously, being younger than most of your competitors, is it just that extra little bit of guidance that you were maybe missing before? Just someone to like reassure you that you're doing the right thing with training and bike setup and just to basically be there if you've got any questions at any time um honestly i'm very good with my bike setup i really know well i know very good what i want or the way we need to go but you know claudio gives that extra um, confidence on saying okay this is the right way or mm, let's think a bit more and maybe try to find another way if, if there is a better way you know so we always try to improve and improve together because he's a guy that really gets involved with we, with me. So he wants always to um, uh, well to improve m- myself like physically and then the bike. So it's a bit of like the package with Claudio. It's 
it's very good. I guess it was the right time too, because if things were a little weird last year, then had you stayed at the same spot and battled pools like you did this year, that would have maybe got a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. If I, I've been, if I would have been in the same spot la- this year, of, like last year, yeah, probably things go- would have get a bit of, you know, dense. Let's say, <laughs> yeah. And uh, just looking at the season as a whole, is there anything now, like, looking back, was there a time where you thought you didn't have the championship, like, it wasn't possible? Obviously, at one point, you were, like, 50 points behind, but at that point, were you even thinking, like, I can still do this? Or was there really a point where you started to doubt yourself? Well, after three races, it was almost 50 points. I was like, I mean, and in the beginning of the season, the thing was that I was finishing or first or second, and Paul's or first or second, so we couldn't make gap between us so I was like yeah 50 points are a lot of points if you just can take you know or like not take points in the weekend because we go first second second first or just like I don't know five uh, six six points something like that yeah yeah six points and um, it it was tough and uh, honestly I thought like it's going to be like on the limit on the just last races I think but um, I was getting closer and closer and closer, and then I felt that I didn't make that many mistakes. Well, I didn't make mistakes, but he started making a bit of mistakes. So that gave me the advantage to come a bit closer quicker. What about the other way? Like, looking across the whole season, is there one race that sticks out where you're like, that was the best I rode all year? Like, is there one race that you just look back on and smile? Well, for honestly, the, the races are always very difficult, but the race, I would say, I finish the best was awesome this year for sure I was a bit nervous the last laps because with so many lappers I just couldn't pass them and I was getting like I was like 15 seconds in front and then after four laps there were like three seconds behind me so I was like what I'm doing now but then I you know I could push and make a, another gap and when I finished the second moto I said to my father I could make another moto I was not tired at all just you know with the lappers and everything it was crazy but um, probably that race was the not easy but I could finish the model like fresh, you know, pretty fresh. But then I had races like hardback races that I, I rode well, like Tal I rode very well, uh, Switzerland very well. Uh, I would say Bulgari too. Pauls was really fast in Bulgari, but uh, I could manage to, you know, take the win. A uh, few, few other races. Uh, that I rode very well, but you know the competition—it's—it's—it's very—very uh, it's very strong. One thing that's kind of clear from talking to you all season is obviously you're happy you won the world title, but taking the results out of it, in your position with Claudio, KTM, in MX2, it seems like you've really found home. Like there's no concerns in your mind. You are just really, really happy with the way that everything's kind of laid out for you at the moment. Yes, right now I'm. I'm I'm very happy. The team is very happy. In the yeah, I'm in the perfect spot. I couldn't couldn't ask for a better place. Right now, I feel good, and and uh, let's hope we we stay for a long time together. Well, this brings me on to what I wanted to talk about. At Tushintal, I think I think it was Tushintal. You told me that your American dream. You've kind of forgotten about it a little bit and changed your focus. Is that still the case? Well, you know, after nations. Uh, you know, the Europeans, we beat all the Americans. <laughs> like, we beat everyone, you know? So, even... Okay, it's one race, it's difficult to to compare, because it's 
the conditions of the track, so many things. But also for me, I'm not the best guy riding the mud. But anyway, I did. Um, I, I won them in two class, and uh, Jeffrey, Tony, they all beat Americans. I even beat some <laughs> 450. <laughs> and uh, but uh, okay, it's one race, difficult to compare. But if you see that, it's like the level. It, it's you know in Europe, it's very in the World Championship, it's very high. So. To, it, it, I know it's it's hard to say. Like I would like to go and race in uh, Supercross. It's it's almost a different sport. So it it w and it was always my dream, you know, to go there and and race Supercross. But uh, yeah, right now I I like to stay in in Europe. But in one in the future or or I don't know in few years or two years or next year I don't know would be good to go and race Supercross for sure. Yeah, it's always been obvious that Supercross is your dream. Like, you probably don't even remember, but I remember we were at a practice track in California with you like four years ago when you were trying out Supercross. Yeah, 2015. And, yeah, and you were so happy just to be like riding Supercross and trying it out. So I guess that excitement about it, that's never going to go away, even if you never go. Yeah, Supercross is so much fun. Like, it's, um, you know, the, the feeling going through the whoops, it's just so nice every single lap. And, and um, I think I'm very good at it. Um, I did some practice 2015, uh, just when I passed the 250 bike, and I felt very good. Um, and I was training with the TLD team, and, and and I was not too bad compared to the pros that year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Supercross could be an option for me as well. If you had to kind of put a percentage on it then, what do you reckon the chances are that you do go to America at some stage? Like it's obviously not zero percent, but then maybe it's more likely that you'll stay and do 450 and GPs. Yeah, we still need to see. Um, for sure, the, I would like to move to 450 with Claudio. Yeah. He, he has a lot of experience and he he can help me a lot with bike setup and, and physically as well. So, uh, yeah, I would like to move to 450 class with uh, with Claudio. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, now moving into next season. You've done a year with Claudio. You've kind of figured out all of the bugs in your program. Is there anything that you want to change going into next year? Like, is there anything that in your mind you know you need to fix, even with riding, training, anything at all? Just improve in all little aspects, like uh, physically uh, on the bike, um, you know, and in, inside the physical preparation, we, we can work in different things uh, and improve. You know, we always can improve everything. So um, Claudio knows very good where... Uh, where we need to improve and uh, where we need to make a change if we need to make a change so uh, yeah I think uh, we can make a good program this year as well do you think that you have like one weakness then like I'd say at the start of the year Paul's was definitely better than you on hard pack and obviously you kind of changed that as the season went on so now would you even say that you're just as good at hard pack as you are in sand like do you feel like you're quite a consistent rider across the board well I won Arco and, and that was the fourth round so I want to say, and the first three rounds were kind of sandy, let's say. So, um, no, I was this year. I was very good all year long in hardback, but it's true. At the end of the year, I was feeling very good, even the, if the track was very hard and slick. I felt very confident. Um, I've been training a lot of hardback in Italy, so for next year, um, yeah, for sure, uh, sand or hardback doesn't really matter for me. For sure, sand. It's. I'm, a bit more comfortable but I enjoy riding hardback a lot 
and I asked uh, I asked a few fans to send me questions to ask you, and there was a lot of stuff like America and all that normal stuff. And one thing that everyone seems to want to know, and I don't know why everyone cares about this so much, but everyone wants to know if you're going to run the number one plate. Have you even thought about that? Yeah, but um, no, I would say with the 61. Um, you know, Pulse was running with the number one this year, so every time I see number one, it's like, <laughs> remember me, Pulse? But also, well, that's one thing that it's, you know, just like a joke, you know? But um, uh, no, the number one, I, I was very, like, thinking about it, and I was like, man, I cannot ride the number one because the number one, you know, Jeffrey should ride the number one. He's the best. And okay, I could be the best in MX2, but the best of the best is Jeffrey. Like he won the the biggest class, so means that he's the best. So uh, I still cannot ride the number one for myself. I I still need to ride the six to one. Let's finish off on this then. I haven't really spoken to you about nations too much. You mentioned it there, and it was clear that you're very happy with how it went. Obviously, as a rider and your position in the sport, riders like Tomac and Barsha you would have been watching those on TV before you turned pro so in a way they're your heroes so for you to beat them on that weekend like obviously it wouldn't happen all the time but on that weekend you did that must have just been like a really cool thing for you to say you've done yeah and it was a very very strange weekend because I came after you know after Imola all that week I was so busy so busy I didn't even train nothing just get into plane uh, go to US and then on Saturday I was feeling kind of tired of all the week. I even sleep between practice in the afternoon. I was sleeping all day just to, you know, recover of so many things uh, on the, that I had to do in the week. So uh, on Sunday, I woke up a bit better and, um, you know, did a good warm-up. I said, okay, I need to try to push a little bit in the warm-up to, you know, get a bit of the rhythm because yeah. on Saturday, I really didn't feel perfect. So on Sunday, we, we make, uh, yeah, some... Uh, Let's say I felt more comfortable on the bike and everything. So make a good race, beat the, like you said uh, in the first moto. Tomac was riding, yeah. I, and uh, well, I had a good start. Was leading for 20 minutes, uh, finishing third. Very very happy. And yeah, uh, it, it's crazy, you know, like uh, guys like uh, you know Tomac, Roxon. Uh, I beat those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, it's okay. One one moto, but. I beat them one model. It's, you know, it's it's incredible. But um, yeah, also the circumstances of of, of the start is starting good. And but anyway, you know, they were they were. I, I've been always watching uh, a lot of uh, American races, like the Pro Motocross and the Supercross, and I've been always watching uh, uh, Tomac racing and beating these guys. And I was like, oh, this guy is so good, and this, and he's still good for sure. But uh, it, yeah, it was very very nice to beat those guys that was perfect are you at all disappointed that uh, Spain couldn't get in the top five or podium because it was looking really good after the second race and if they could have maybe put you in Boutron's gear and stuck you on a 450 yes. like maybe we could have done something yeah I mean every time I was on track like first and, and second model I could kind of you know get the points a bit lower and then I think we even got first in one point we were leading and everything it was crazy you know I think everybody in Spain started to take pictures of the you know standings it was so funny but uh, I knew that couldn't last for long (laughs) you know just the results were from my side very good then uh, they they all did their best but uh, yeah you know it's hard in nations Uh, Boutron did the best he could Carlos, same, had some bad luck. So, yeah, if, for sure, if I, if I could get into that third model with uh, 
I don't know, I don't care. Even with my 250, uh, maybe we could have been uh, top five, fifth, sixth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>